everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 5, and I think if there is a theme of this chapter, it's definitely power and authority. If, if anybody reading this is curious about who Jesus is and who he has authority over, this chapter is going to make it radically clear. Now, this is something that Mark has been tracking for us through chapters one and four, all the way up through four. And chapter five, I think, just continues this narrative of Jesus has literally never met anything uh, that he didn't have authority over. His power is evident. It's obvious. To kick it all off, he's going to meet a demon-possessed man in this Gentile land. Across the lake, there is a herd of pigs. The reason that we know this is a Gentile land is because Jews are not allowed to raise pigs. Uh, so Jesus is over there. He meets this demon-possessed man, and we see his power on full display. And this is like no little thing either. I oftentimes like associate this story with some cute little pigs running off. Not even cute, but I oftentimes associate it with just the pig part. But you have to imagine this man would have been terrifying. Um has the ability, I know, I don't know how much you want to dig into that, but I know you have definitely faced your <laughs> own situations of witnessing super strength in people um, that is completely outside of themselves. And that is definitely what this is alluding to. This man who is overtaken by a demon who is able to wrench the chains apart that have been shackled onto him. Um, he is cutting himself with stones. Like it's clear that he is completely um, overtaken by this evil demonic power. So this is no little thing. I think oftentimes it gets glossed over as just like, oh yeah, it was a demon possessed man. Like, no, this was a very scary thing. Like this man was not himself and a demon has taken over his mind, his body, his actions, everything. It's actually not even just one demon. Right. If you look at Legion. verse uh, nine and Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, this is the man, but it's really the demons. My name is Legion for we are many. Oh, that's so terrifying. It, it is terrifying. And I think it is tempting in our modern context to read this story and be like, wow, like either one, what a great fairy tale or two, mm -hmm. like, well, you know, that stuff really doesn't happen anymore. And and it does like it. It definitely does. Demons are still a thing. I really do want you to hear me say that like demons are real. They do possess people. They do need to be confronted and they do need to be driven out. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus here um, is actually confronted by the demon. The demons like see Jesus coming. They know who Jesus is. And they're like, dude, leave us alone. Like, we don't want anything to do with you. We're happy in this guy. And you think about this guy, like the people from the town are pretty used to him just being like the Hulk that cuts himself. Mm -hmm. So you think about this man Obviously, we don't know his background. We don't know his history, but he was he was not demon possessed at one point. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. Like this has to have been like a slow fade kind of thing, just gradually allowing those voices, those those thoughts to take over who he was and eventually believe whatever it was that yeah. was like speaking into his thoughts, his mind. So what's crazy about this, like we were saying, this is not unique to um, biblical times. This is still a very prevalent thing today as well. Uh, but it is interesting to see Jesus just kind of approach this man and just like, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. And what's interesting is he he brings this man freedom, like incredible freedom to where he goes from being 
completely overrun by demons. It's not mm-hmm. just one demon mm-hmm. in him. It's several um, to like where he actually desires to be one of Jesus' disciples. He becomes known as the evangelist of the Decapolis. So the Decapolis is called this because it's the 10 cities. So it's like this collection of Greek cities that are like, there's a lot of people there essentially. And this man goes from being demon possessed to essentially telling the people about the power of God. And and his testimony is super powerful because not only does he proclaim the message, but he lives it out. Uh, there is two stories here where Jesus does a miracle here in Mark chapter five. And in this story, he says, hey, go tell everybody about what you've seen. And it's because it's a Greek audience. And then to a Jewish audience, he'll say, hey, you've been healed. Just keep it to yourself. Like, I don't want like this giant scene because they're looking for a Messiah. They're looking for someone to politically deliver them. So to Jews, he's saying like, hey, let's keep this quiet. It's not really, you know, it's not my time. But to Gentiles, he's like, go and tell everybody about the power of God. And this man does exactly that. And we can assume that he actually makes some progress and gains some ground in sharing the gospel uh, with these Greek cities. It's, it's, it's a really interesting story. And uh, all these pigs drown in the uh-huh. lake, which there were thousands of them. So this is not like a tiny, cute story. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to mention what you said, too, about the, the Jews versus the Gentiles, because I know, like, growing up reading these stories, especially with little context for who it was being spoken to, um, that is helpful because it would always be like, well, why some people and not others? That seems really strange. So knowing that context and why he would tell some to do it and others not is important to know. So then we have in the next section till the end of the chapter, Jesus taking the time to heal two women. Uh, one is one that is just like kind of runs into Jesus herself, knows where he is, finds him and uh, takes matters into her own hands. And Jesus is also going to heal the daughter of Jairus, the famous Jairus. He is a ruler of the synagogue, which is unique. I For some reason, I always put him in like a power position that was not Jewish. I don't know why I did, but um, I guess that is important to the story that he would be even reaching out to Jesus because he doesn't seem like a likely person who would be thrilled about him. Well, a lot of times we can understand the story of Jesus, like in really black and white terms to where like all the religious leaders did not like him. That's not true. Like there were Mm -hmm. religious leaders who were looking for the Messiah and correctly understood who the Messiah was. Or we could say all the political leaders hated him. Well, that's not true either. Like there were, there were powerful political leaders that actually um, discerned that there was something going on here and they wanted to know more about Jesus. So it, it is a good example because Jairus is a synagogue leader and he wants help for his daughter and he goes to Jesus because he believes that Jesus can heal his daughter. And his his faith is very strong in that Jesus does, in fact, heal his daughter from death, like resurrects mm-hmm, his daughter. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a significant story. So on the way to heal this daughter, um, you can imagine people are just like swarming Jesus. And I actually really appreciate this story. There is a woman who I guess kind of feels like there is no other chance for her to ever be well. So let's just like Hail Mary this thing and just try to find the best possible way to get better by doing this ultimate last thing, which is to go and find Jesus and like, I don't know 
secretly come touch the cloak that he is wearing in order to be healed. If you look at verse 25, it says, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years Mm -hmm. and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. So she has exhausted all the doctors. She's gone to every doctor. She spent all the money. And she's worse than she was. And something that we can miss really easily is because she's suffering a discharge of blood specifically, she's she's unclean. unclean. Mm -hmm. So she's cut off from community. So not only is she unhealthy, like this is a concerning Mm -hmm. ailment, Mm -hmm. she also is not allowed to be in community with other people. So it's it's a pretty significant turn of events. So not only is she dealing with the physical, she's dealing with the spiritual. Correct. The community piece. Correct. and it's like all encompassing, which is super depressing. Yes. Um. So I, again, this is just like her last resort. I'm going to do this. And I think one, it's like extreme faith, maybe tied together with a little bit of extreme disparity. Um, but she goes, she touches Deja's cloak and Jesus like he knows. But I think also wants to call it out too. like I don't think it's any surprise to him. But he calls it out too, just to like kind of recognize the situation, and say this woman has so much faith that I can heal her that she will come to, at this length to touch my cloaks um, and to be healed. And that I think it's interesting, too, that the disciples, again, I mean, they're learning. They're on a journey. But they are ready to dismiss her. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, there's tons of people around that's just yeah. like, keep moving. But Jesus makes like a serious point of it to the point that like it's being talked about here in chapter five of Mark. So this is an important distinction to draw, and there's not always a perfect time to draw it, but we will make the case here. There are several times where Jesus treats women in a way that would not have been the way that women were typically treated. So Jesus is going to go out of his way to um, care for women uh, in a in a kind of in a way to elevate women um, because women are just as valuable as men. And this is an important distinction to make because we also believe, and like this is this is our personal belief, both of us, that men and women don't serve the same tasks. We don't have the same jobs. We don't have the same roles and responsibilities, but we do have equal worth and value. So when when Jesus, for example, says, go forth and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and commanding them to do what I've taught. Um, He's speaking to a mixed group of people. So all of us, men and women, are supposed to be pursuing um, building God's kingdom and teaching people to build God's kingdom. However, there are different roles and responsibilities in that. And you'll see... uh, Eventually, when we get to these passages, you'll see very clearly this is laid out in um, Ephesians 5 and 6, uh, Colossians 3. I think it's 1 Peter 2 or 3. I, don't, I, I should have that in front of me, but I don't. Um, there are clear roles for men and women. And specifically when you get into leadership in the church, like there are roles, but it doesn't mean we have different levels of value. And so because we are equally valuable, Jesus is going to do things to serve women that would have been like pretty scandalous, like like kind of odd. So the fact that this woman is um, like touching him unbeknownst to him mm-hmm. could be kind of scandalous. And is unclean. But now he's solved all the issues. Like mm-hmm. he, he, she is completely healed. And this admittedly may not be the best story to highlight that. So maybe we'll make a point of highlighting this as we go. Um, but I, I do like topping, talking about this topic. Like um, 
men are the spiritual leaders, but that doesn't mean that women have no value. And it doesn't mean that women can't um, talk about spiritual things or care about spiritual things, because obviously this woman did. Mm -hmm. And she's highlighted as somebody who is faithful and it's confusing to the disciples. And then we kind of tie this up with what is going on with Jairus's daughter. Um, and actually, I think it's interesting, while they are still talking to this woman, or right after they're done talking to this woman, um, one of the people from that ruler's house comes and says, hey, she, your daughter, she actually died. Um, stop stop pestering Jesus, basically. Just mm-hmm. let it go. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus kind of steps in. He's like, hey, she's definitely not, she's not dead. And then goes and tells the daughter to actually get up from like her sleep which is crazy because she's 100 percent dead yeah like she's definitely dead and and you see people are grieving and jesus walks into a room full of grieving people and he's like what's the big deal like she's just asleep like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty wild mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but you can see he takes uh, kind of his inner circle of disciples he takes um this man and his wife and he literally just like pulls this girl out of death it's a pretty powerful scene and again these people have faith and jesus has healed this girl, resurrected this girl um, because of their faith in his power to do so. This is not something that has ceased. We can have faith in God's power uh, to heal us. Like we can have faith in God's power to move and work among us. It's not something that's stopped. And we'll continue to see stories of where Jesus is healing people, where Jesus is resurrecting people, and then eventually also where the apostles are healing people. So I guess for today, a good year part a good year part would probably be, I don't know, for me, I think it's just kind of taking some time and whether it be in your personal time with devotions or maybe after you listen to this podcast, if you're praying, taking time to just talk to the Lord, just recognizing God's power and authority um, that that Jesus had while he was here on this earth. I think it's actually pretty incredible. We take a lot of these miracles for granted. We read them over and over again. But when you actually think about being a person in the crowd, witnessing these things happening right in front of you, God allowed his power to be seen through Jesus. Jesus worked these miracles so that we would have proof and evidence of his miraculous power as God in human form. So just recognizing God's power, thanking him for it, um, and really just reading over and listening to these stories again and really taking it in for yourself, um, what he was able to do um, and what a cool and amazing God we serve. So take some time to do that today. We'll see you guys back for Mark 6 tomorrow. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Mark chapter 5. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? 
I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked of the man, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out into the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described it to what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from that region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him he fell at his feet, and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her, so that she may be well and alive. And he sent with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who had said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John and the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform, 
and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email, and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.